in the name of Jesus. There is no book of the Bible named after him, yet Scripture tells us he is one of the greatest preachers and teachers who ever lived. Jesus himself compares John the Baptist to him, and Jesus himself affords him an entrance into heaven without his eyes closing in death. He is taken into heaven in the midst of a a chariot and horses of, of fire. He as well appears from heaven, standing with Moses at Jesus' transfiguration. This prophet, this great teacher, this great preacher is none other than Elijah. And in our Old Testament text for today, we find him in a cave. We find him in a cave, scared, worried, depressed. For he's been standing alone, standing alone against his king who is supposed to protect him, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel who worshipped and sought after false gods like Baal and Asherah. Ahab and Jezebel who who preached a, a sexual morality of your own making. If it feels good, do it. And Elijah alone stood and spoke God's word to that generation. It was his job to do just that. It's not a popular thing, is it? To speak God's word. To believe and stand on the truth. Elijah, though a great prophet, a great preacher, a great teacher, yet a sinner, just like you and me. And finds himself despairing, depressed, worried, anxious. So God sends, God sends a great wind. An amazing, miraculous wind that is so powerful that it tears the mountains and the rocks to pieces. But God's not in the wind, we're told. God then sends an earthquake. Ever been in one? My dad has spoken often over the years of the earthquakes he experienced in San Francisco, where the McKay side of our family is from, and how worrisome just even a little tremor could be. But God was not in the earthquake. And then a fire, a powerful fire that that swept across the land, But God was not in the fire. You might be stuck in a cave like Elijah today wondering, where is God? Where is He in the midst of fill in the blank? Where is He now for me? Where is He in the midst of this culture, our country, sickness and disease? Where, oh God, are you? So God comes to Elijah. Did you catch how he came to him? Still, small whisper. God came to Elijah through his word. God comes to you through his word. But the sinner in you wants to look for God everywhere else. 
The sinner in you makes gods out of so many other things, just like Ahab and and Jezebel did, and countless others. And so the sinner in you is in pretty good company of making an idol, a god out of so many other things, and looking to that god for your very life, for hope, for comfort, for sustenance. Is SARS, COVID-2, your God? Is the virus that it causes your God? Is the current president, Trump, your God? Is he who will run against him, Biden, your God? How about your governor? Who is your God? What is it that you look to each and every day to find some sort of hope? Because of its numbers on screens? Or numbers in your bank account, they are but idols. And you will find yourself, as Elijah did, in a cave, worried and seemingly alone. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for in the midst of the caves that we construct or crawl into on our own? Here comes the word. And the Word is, is not just pages on a book, not just history. Oh no, the Word is none other than the Son of God. The light who has come into the world in the midst of darkness. God in the flesh made manifest. This Word comes for you. To take all of, of your idols, all of that which you deserve for worshiping these false gods, for falling into fits of despair and depression, for throwing your hands up in disgust and saying like Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, where is God? And the word comes for you to offer up his life as a ransom for yours, to buy you back, to redeem you with His holy, precious blood, His innocent suffering and death, that you may be His own, and that that same Word would continue to be taught and preached, that same Word of assurance that you are His little lamb. What a great promise for your newborn daughter, born in the midst of all this. Guess what? God's promises are greater than all that you may see, all that she may experience. God's love never ends. And that's yours in Christ Jesus. Given to you, hearing that word, clothed with it in baptism, fed in His precious body and blood. Will you hear this word of God in the midst of the caves that you create or find yourself in? This word, the still small voice? Or will you cower in fear from the cacophony of voices that surround you? The cacophony of false idols and false hope? Will you continue to make yourself out to be an expert at at everything? At science and, and PPE? An expert maybe at being stuck in a cave? Because here comes Jesus. In our gospel text, we find the disciples who truly are experts at fishing. That is their vocation. I love to fish. I'm horrible at it. My little brother, whenever we would go fishing, he caught everything. 
The kid, not smart back then. He'd put a pole in the water and pull out fish after fish after fish. I bought all the equipment. I even took lessons, even fly fishing. I'm horrible at it. They are experts. And they have fished all night doing their job. And this time, well, not so good. No fish to be found. But here comes Jesus. And the first thing he does is he sits down there in the boat. Look up and around. You're gathered in a boat here today. He sits down and he teaches. He teaches his word because that's what he has come to do. The miracles of Jesus, all great and fine, they just serve to point out who he is. The Son of God, God in the flesh made manifest. The primary work of Jesus, to teach. The same work that the prophets were called to and the same work that the church continues today. And after he's done teaching, he tells the disciples, go go over there in the deep water. This is before range finders. He says, go over there in the deep and let down your nets. And of course, they're like, come on, Jesus. We're the experts here. We've been fishing all night. Haven't caught a gosh darn thing. But at your word, Jesus, three little words, at your word, Jesus, we'll do it. And that's what we as Christians need to be about as well in our confession of faith. We need to have the at your word moments. When things seem so insurmountable and impassable, when it seems like the Lord is not there, at your word, Jesus. You will provide. No temptation, O Lord, has seized me beyond what I can bear. You have promised that. You, O Lord, who have rescued me from sin, death, and the devil, help me, O Lord, to not be so afraid of death, to not make so many idols of, of other things. Help me, O Lord, to bow at your feet. Because at his word, in his word, in him, There is forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. There are blessings abundant, so much so that the boats began to sink, which is why we come back to the boat that is the church, which is why we lay aside all the fears and the worries. Oh, what if I get COVID from coming to church? Or what if I stand too close to that person? I mean, you worry about that stuff. Jesus comes for you. How much more important is His Word and His promises for you than everything else in life? He comes to give you His life. His still, small voice comes. It says, do not give up gathering together. His still, small voice of His Word comes. and says, take eat, take drink. My body and blood shed for you. A good and precious gift. Even if you should suffer, we're told, for righteousness' sake, we will yet be blessed. So have no fear. Have no fear of all the other idols that are around, nor be troubled by the caves of your life. Have no fear, little flock, for your very life is hidden with Christ in God, and He has conquered death and the grave for you. Elijah was thus emboldened to complete his work of teaching. 
God even appointed somebody else to follow him, Elisha. And that continued until Jesus called forth the twelve. And that work continues yet in the church. That precious word, precious gospel of all that God has done through Jesus Christ, that alone which sustains us. If you would turn there in your bulletin, the very last stanza of the hymn of the day that we sang, I'd like to close and invite you to read along with me stanza five. Stanza five of hymn of the day, Come Follow Me, the Savior spoke. Let's read it together. Then let us follow Christ our Lord and take the cross appointed and firmly clinging to his word in suffering be undaunted. For those who bear the battle strain the crown of heavenly life obtain. In the name of Jesus.